Welcome to Test-Free Roulette, a podcast where my panel guests could be asked to discuss any testing topic decided by randomly selected test-free cards. I'm your host, Christopher Kikinger. Let's start testing. Hello and welcome to the Test-Free Roulette podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kikinger, and today I have two new special guests here with me, Leon and uh, Iwan also known as a raster tester for some. I'll let them introduce themselves. Um, Iwan, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, I'm Iwan. I've been in the QA business for almost 12 years now. Currently as um, a QA specialist or even lead QA from time to time on, on a, a, a multinational company, um, doing a little bit of everything from mobile, uh, web, um, API testing. And when I have some spare time, I, like you said, I have um, a YouTube channel that I try to post uh, interesting and fun facts about testing. And maybe a fun fact about me, uh, when I'm not doing testing, I try to um, write um, poetry. I even wrote poetry about testing. So okay, that's that, about me. That's interesting. Leon, go for it. Hello there. My name's Leon Azor. I'm from Southampton in England. Uh, I've been in testing for 13 years. So I think it was 2010 I took the opportunity to completely ch- switch my career by, by taking a job on a service desk. Um, that gave me a really good knowledge of how an IT organization hangs together, uh, you know, networks, DBAs, operating systems, etc. I took a um, testing trainee position and cut my teeth working in Agile Scrum teams. So <laughs> we're building Java Java web apps, uh, all backend mainly, but some sort of front end customer facing. I've got experience with front end, back end, and integrations. Currently, currently um, working as a test lead. Uh, ordnance survey and the last three years i've been on like a huge large-scale waterfall delivery of of an erp system so it's everything financial and yeah it's it's a huge it's it's pretty much running running our business so um yeah three years on this project I, i get to work with great testers developers um business process owners we are about two months from go live everything's getting really exciting and uh yeah, it's all really fun now. Three years of lots of people's hard work as is all coming to a coming to a big conclusion where this this system is just going to be born into production and and we'll we'll um we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it should be good. We'll see if you read the newspapers then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit about me work-wise. Um yeah, I've I've been hands-off testing for um for a couple of years, but um I I'm yeah, I'm a tester through and through really experience in security testing non-functional performance integration testing end-to-end um and sort of facilitating uat as well so kind of worked across the whole spectrum and now kind of helping to mentor and 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 train uh, uh testers that you know are in my team so so yeah all good on that front i guess fun fact for me i'm a, I'm a bit of a geek uh, i'm a huge star wars fan Ooh. So I I write for a for a website called Star Wars Autograph News and help to maintain this this database of like global 
like uh, data. It's, it's like global convention signers from all over the all over the place where they're attending and what characters they played and whatnot. I just kind of do that for for fun, really. But um, yeah, quite into into Star Wars. Also a Southampton football club fan for my sins as well. I think I think that's a very good uh, fun fact about yourself. Not everybody can just well. A lot of people just say I'm a Star Wars fan, but like writing about it as well. That's something else. Oh, thank you. Before before we dive into the game, what's your mm-hmm. favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, it's Return of the Jedi. Okay, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's play. Um, uh, same, of course, is <laughs> the best one. <laughs> nice. Um, before we go into the game, test your roulette. Um, a bit of explanation. I'll spin the wheel. I will land on a test view card. I'll read the summary. I'll read the title. And if needed, I'll read some examples. Are you guys ready to play? Ready for it. Let's go. All right. Uh, spinning the wheel now. It landed on a green card, which is technique. Integration testing. And the summary is testing the interaction between systems, functionalities in relation to each other. Do you guys have any experience with integration testing or any takers? Yeah, I want to go first on this one. Yeah, I can. I'm happy to go first. I mean, I've been been on a three-year ERP implementation where we've been looking to integrate all sorts of um, either web apps or shop systems or, or you know external warehouses, integrating many apps into our ERP. And our ERP is essentially you know it's what enterprise resource planner. Um, it's what runs a business. Essentially, a huge database. <clears throat> um, and you know it, it's been it's been a, a really challenging. Um, challenging project to work on when it comes to integrations. Some integrations are built by external companies, for example, with a completely different technology stack than what we're using. But at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of our a lot of our work is done through use of APIs. We use the Azure integration layer. I don't know if you're familiar with the with those sort of technologies like Function Apps, Service Bus, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And you know, there's some core principles there around. Uh, API testing, the certain protocols, what you can and can't do. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've had a whole bunch of experience with with that. It's, it's um, yeah. How about you, Iwan? Yeah, I also did a couple, um, but the one that uh, remains always in my mind is a one-year project working on a, a 911 software for USA. So okay. that was the, I would say, biggest slot of integration testing that we had to do because it was on the one hand, we had uh, hardware for the actual police officers. Uh, the sort of, it was this was before the age of Android devices and iPhone devices. So there, were, there weren't, wasn't really a standard uh, on that direction. So they had their own uh, custom devices to communicate with the operator. Operator had the desktop application. And on top of that, there were uh, uh, managers who would uh, configure certain um, special rules and um, special uh, aids 
in a web application. So it was on all levels integration. Um, so communication between mobile, the mobile part and desktop, the mobile part and web. web. So like Leon said, API um, desktop protocols, in my case, uh, uh, communication with, with, with the mobile device. And it was really fun because um, even though we had minimum requirements, um, not everybody could actually meet those minimum requirements. <laughs> so that was interesting and it will always remain, for me, the most challenging project I did in, in regards to integration testing. Well, and the most important for lives, because you mess oh. up there, people die. <laughs> mm, absolutely. What are some struggles that you've experienced with integration testing? I've, I've certainly experienced challenges around the test data that we're actually using. You know, you can go around, you can go and write a specification for for interface A that's speaking to interface B, but mm -hmm. if you're not actually using the the exact kind of messaging and the exact format coming from interface A into interface B, it can cause a lot of problems. Um, I certainly found found being on a waterfall project, a lot of design is done up front, and a lot of the expected messaging formats are kind of written. But until you actually cut the code uh, and you put these two systems together, you, you, you just don't know what, um, what unexpected, uh, interesting uh, things can come across in the payload, really. Iwan, here? I would say kind of the same. I mean, um, coming back to my project, this was before um, concepts like contract testing or contracts between different providers even existed. And keep, like I said, keep in mind, this was a, a, a US project so for US. We had also working teams, so different time zones that made it really hard sometimes to communicate changes. So we would do changes that the other team wasn't aware of. They would do changes that we weren't aware of. And at the end of the day, it, when we try to integrate everything together, a small difference, like Leon says, so you're expecting something totally different and then you need to search and find out why isn't this working? It worked yesterday mm -hmm. when I left work. In the morning, I didn't do nothing and it's magically <laughs> not working anymore. I've also yeah. found for, um, for, for from a testing perspective, uh, authentication, well, it's there for a good reason. It's there for security, but it can, it can, um, <laughs> add some complexities to test frameworks um yeah, yeah. you've got to use them you've got to have some you've got to have some classes or even if you're using postman you know to have a pre-request script to handle that auth um it can always add add, add some challenges i think versioning is also something uh like a pain in the ass if i can say it like that for um, integration testing if your third party is on a previous version or something that's like, oof. yeah, your release management's got to be tight. Yeah, we had that issue constantly because in the topic of versioning, since I mentioned one of the parts of the application was a desktop app. So we would actually ship it as a package. They would install it and not all customers paid to have the latest version. So we were supporting like five versions at the same time. And, <laughs> yeah, that was mega fun. <laughs> I can imagine you had a bug that from a feature that doesn't really exist anymore in the in the in the new software. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Okay. 
Do you want to go to a new cart? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. Spinning the wheel again. It's a pink card, heuristic. The title is Some, None, All. What happens when you order some products and more and even more or all the products? That's the title. Any juicy stories? Can you give maybe an example on this one? Um, yeah, I'll read the first example on the card. Filtering for nothing or everything should both show all items on the list, right? Should it or shouldn't it? Well, it depends. Uh... Uh, go on, explain. <laughs> Filtering so for, nothing for nothing or everything. For everything. So basically not having a filter or having all the filters selected should show all of uh, In theory, yes. Mm. I did have issues in the past where, uh, especially since uh, a lot of developers that I've worked with in the last years really love the concept of soft deletion of items. So the items are not really deleted in a database, just like have a flag deleted. Mm -hmm. They're still there because, you know, especially uh, if you're dealing with customer data, you have GDPR in Europe and you need to um, uphold certain rulings. And I did have the issue that uh, you saw in certain combinations of filtering in the sense either filter everything or select all the filters. You, you even saw the deleted ones, which were not Supposed to be there because um, because because it's a bug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's like um, I used to have like a project where if you didn't filter, you saw everything, but then if you filtered on everything, then it would show everything plus the archived stuff as well because it also had like some kind of soft deletion in the backend. Um, do you have an opinion, Leon? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've worked on um, like e-commerce platforms before, which have that kind of, you're familiar with like auto trader type filtering, where you kind of, you look for a, you, you put in your first filter, you get a car, and then the second one, the, the second field will automatically, should, software's built right, should automatically map to the models of the car. You know, and and mm -hmm. they're the only options that you can you can check. And once you've selected the the model of the car, the next field below should should have the correct engine sizes of the car. This is really quite a fun area to play around with 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 testing because you you know you're not you don't always want to put in the values that you expect, and it can actually bring back some some very interesting results. Uh, really. Um, you can design quite a few test cases, different types of test cases around that. Um, when when you're looking at products, looking at different variations of the products is usually a good good place to kind of start. I find mm -hmm. you know what what's the what's the expected 
and that comes from requirements i guess you know like what is the product what's the shape of it what's the color of it what is it supposed to do what's it supposed to give you and you know playing around with those kind of values can be can be quite fun i think there's a they, there's a there's a, a line there isn't there of getting the right coverage because you can you can repeat the same test and it will give you no different response but by kind of knowing what your values are and what your right inputs are you can kind of test quite a bit of the system with very minimal amounts of actual test cases um but that's actually yeah. a valid point in the direction of test cases do mm. you write in your test cases for, so for your example would you write a test mm. case where you have bmw first then x5 yeah. whatever so you would actually write bmw then you expect x5 then you expect a different motor size mm. or would you write it in such a way that you have to have knowledge over maybe the api from where you get the models or the system and leave it to the tester to actually select not bmw but audi because yeah. in the end if you if you follow the test 100% you will of course prove that selecting bmw then x5 then a specific model appears but that would basically mean in that case you never try the other ones so you prove you this one works this flow works but what about the other kind of uh, i i had exactly like you said exactly like this and i had to put in um you select A, then you expect B, then you expect C, because the, date, the test data in our database was so bad that mm. if you selected something else, you you would then start to uh, have a completely bad experience with the system. So, yeah, interesting. I guess it depends where that project is, though, right? If you're if you're coming back to some software that you've tested before you'd hope that you'd have some regression tests in place that cover those edge cases but if you're coming in from scratch hey got this software we've had it for two years we've not you're our one and only tester welcome to the team um <laughs> come in and 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 have a go at it you're gonna just you're gonna blitz everything aren't you you're gonna blitz all the negative scenarios you're gonna like the happy path what you expect what you don't expect so i guess you have to kind of gauge like how mature is the software uh, to to get your approach to it? Sounds like paradise. <laughs> <laughs> well, only tester in the team, you mean? Oh, yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you wish for. In I'm, a team I'm... that never had a tester, that that would be great. In a team that never had a tester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Can yeah. You... <laughs> does exist. Does exist. Can do some serious damage there. <laughs> you guys want to hop to a new card? Yeah, yeah right. roll the dice. Let's go for it. I'm not going to roll the dice, but I'm going to spin the wheel. It's a green card again. A technique card. It's charm. Scratching a okay. developer's back or any stakeholder, might loosen up some new information. Have you guys um, used your charms with developers to get something done? Or stakeholders? I, I think it's really important in this day and age to of remote working to build really good connections with your 
with your teams um, and having kind of social interactions because we're really lacking that these days. Um, yeah, I think across across organisations, um, I think building that that repertoire with it's either a developer that you're working with, you know, you're all in a, you're all kind of engineers in a team, but whether it's within your team or whether it's with a stakeholder, I think it's really important to build that because when you have that connection, you just have a natural bond that person outside of that team's meeting and you know where you're just talking shop you've got a bit of a connection and building that repertoire that you're able to freely speak with each other um and that does take time and it takes effort it takes dedicated effort to do that um but uh, but the value the benefit of that is being able to speak openly and honestly and building up trust that it's not it's not like a, you know your sponsor, your your partner is is paying for software. You're you're uh, you're de- you're delivering it. You don't want it. You don't want it like they'll, they'll pay some money. You go away in a dark room and you come back and you say here it is, and they say no, that's not what I paid for. And, and <laughs> you kind of want to have that open communication um, throughout uh, building that trust, building that communication, um, scratching each other's backs. And I'm not talking about like you know like you know just you, you can do this in a professional professional way but it's i think it's important to bake that time in to build those connections um and it can really help that and it's all in the you know aid of quality software at the end of the day it comes from good 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 collaboration as well as good engineering skills and you know can be like an amazing tester an amazing developer but um Collaboration, communication, openness really does, you know, 50%. For me, it's 50% of the quality of the end solution comes from come from that. How about you, Ewan? Have you ever uh, bought a cupcake for a developer to get something done? I have to think, bought a cupcake. I don't think so, but... Uh... I do agree that a good relationship with team members is definitely helpful or um, I wish every time I would have a good relationship, I usually have, because I try to to bond with the people that are in in the team. So one of the points that uh, we used to bond uh, on, um, coming back to what Leon said, he's a Southampton fan. So all each Tuesday and Wednesday, did you guys see the game, Champions League? Yeah, sure. Did you like that one? So I'm kind of missing those mini coffee machine or water cooler moments where you could, even for five minutes, um, have a really relaxed atmosphere and then come back to, ooh, have a release today. We... <laughs> We gotta yeah. we we gotta go, but at least you had you had the contact, and even though you have, of course, as testers, you have periods where you you really have a lot of stress, and you need to be focused, knowing that um, you can communicate or you have a different relationship with, or that your relationship with your with your colleagues can sometimes go beyond the just in a team and go to the personal part that people understand you people um, collaborate well with you I had colleagues where we didn't even need to speak to each other so uh, I mean we knew when we had like a regression phase I just looked at him he looked at me and 
We're like, okay, I go this way, you go that way, and we would meet, <laughs> we would meet in the center, and we basically by doing that because we were working together for a long time, and we were really good together, uh, we covered the whole regression in half of the time um, because we knew. So I would, during my test, I would basically create test data that he would use in his test and vice versa. So it would, by, by testing your part, you would help me test my part and so forth. And that's, uh, like Leon said, uh, remote work does have benefits. I love doing remote work, but you need personal interaction from time to time, definitely. Mm. And scratching the back why not i mean it, it, summer is, co- is going to come in a, p- a couple of months so maybe <laughs> if we're literally <laughs> scratching the back <laughs> and we actually used to um well it was pre-covid of course um mm. every friday we would go in the meeting room during the lunch break we would eat our sandwiches there and watch like an episode of it crowd which oh, also cool. had like yeah yeah it was, we, uh, we had a totally different <laughs> level at one point Every mm-hmm. Friday was Happy Friday. The company would buy depending on the day. So, for example, if it's like watermelon season, they would buy watermelons and soda and uh, sandwiches for the whole company. Oh, and nice. we would spend after six up to whatever time. So you would mm-hmm. have food. Then you would have uh, Xbox, Game Boy, uh, Wii, and the Yes, the resistance was ping pong. Would actually play in teams. So, what nice. what what better opportunity to play with the CEO of the company against the CTO of the company and win? I mean that that's that usually helps when you have like uh, the yearly talk. So to, yeah, to I, get... I was I was just gonna ask, did you let him win? <laughs> no, never, never, <laughs> never. He was very competitive and and he knew if I would okay. let him win. So never. But I, I, I didn't need to. He was better than me. So I <laughs> I, I beat him like twice and he was really mad, but uh, he was a good sport. Okay. So, yeah, it triggered a memory actually when you were saying about buying cupcakes because um, I think it was about 12 weeks ago now. <clears throat> I actually um, actually bought a load of uh, donuts and, and sugary treats in for uh, – our uh, business users, they, they've gone through, I think it was two, two and a bit months of user acceptance testing. Um, and, you know, it, we're, we're talking like chartered accountants and finance administrators. Uh, they, they all picked up Azure DevOps. They're all using test plans. They were, I, I, had, a, I had, you know, a, t- a team of testers that would help get their tests into the test plans, but they're all going in there. They're passing, they're failing and, you know, they're, they're raising bugs and you know what it's, um, I think it's just, it was, it was just really amazing to see that them all just, you know, going for it. And I, and I thought, I came to the end of the phase and I thought, you know, if you, why not? Why not just go a bunch of sugary treats and and uh, as as a thank you, you know? And I think that's um, I think yeah, it, it certainly went down well. Yeah, I can see that. Well, our time's up. Um, thank you guys for being here. Um, how do people get in touch with you, Iwan? Me? Uh, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so just search for Iwan Solderea. You can find me on Ministry of Testing. Uh, just type E1 or rest the test. 
and you can definitely find me on YouTube if you want. Uh, again, press the test, uh, depending on whatever you want to, to talk, a few videos, or just ask questions, I'm there. All right. Leon? Sure, you can, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Leon Azor on LinkedIn. And for, if, you, if you're interested in any of my, uh, my Star Wars activities, you can catch me on the socials as Cloud City Collector. All right. Thank you again, guys, for being here. Um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in in the Desferola podcast. Here today with our two special guests, Iwan and Leon. Hope to see you soon for another game of Desferola. Thank you to the guests and thank you for listening. For more information about TestSphere, check out restormingonline.com or buy the card tech from the Ministry of Testing store. Music at the courtesy of sepsplat.com. We'll see you for more roulette again soon.